Will this be the legislation that makes a difference when it comes to public safety and dealing with repeat prolific offenders? That is the hope. And that's a lot of hope for a piece of federal legislation. But yesterday, Justice Minister and Attorney General of Canada, David Lametti, introduced Bill C-48 to address those very issues. And this is something that BC has been hoping for for a while now, something that Premier David Eby has been lobbying for. So let's get the details on this. David Lametti, the Minister of Justice and Attorney General, joins us now. Thank you very much for being here. Good morning. What are your hopes for Bill C-48? What is in here that you think will make a difference? Well, it's it's the federal part, right? In the sense that we we have uh, we have the responsibility for the criminal code, and the, the provinces have the responsibility for the administration of the system of uh, of bail and the justice system generally. So this is this is our part. We're we're trying. Uh, we've listened to the provinces. We've worked with uh, worked with the provinces. BC first raised this last October at a federal, provincial, territorial meeting. We've been working hard at both a technical level and a political level since then. Uh, to come up with uh, to come up with some targeted measures in the bail regime, which which we're doing. So we're trying to we're trying to make it more difficult for repeat violent offenders. We've heard that we've heard that cry uh, from the provinces and from the, and from the Canadian public generally, police police associations, etc. Uh, we've also expanded the the the. We also we're also trying to make it more difficult to get bail for a larger list of firearms-related offences or weapons offences, including knives and bear spray. What we've done is reverse the onus in that case. So a person has a right to bail, um, and, and normally it's up to the Crown to show why a person would be a threat to public safety. Uh, what we're doing in these cases is reversing the onus and, and uh, rendering it uh, a little more difficult by, by making it the person himself or herself that has to show why they should get bail, uh, as opposed to the opposite. So we've we've changed the default provision on on a certain number of cases. Okay. As this, do you think that this gives the legal system the tools that they were saying lacked, essentially, to to take some of these actions to keep pr- prolific offenders behind bars? Does this give them the tools to do that? Well, I think it I think it gives them additional tools in in the first place. So so again, uh, creating a reverse onus to repeat repeat violent violent offenders with weapons, creating a reverse onus for an expanded list of, of weapons offenses. There's also an, an, a, a bolstered reverse onus for uh, cases of intimate partner violence. But, uh, but it also sends a message. Uh, we've also asked uh, judges or justices of the peace to take into account explicitly community safety at the bail stage. So, so in other words, to make sure that they've turned their attention to the safety of the community. There's a, a case up in Yukon where uh, an indigenous community did not want an offender, uh, a potential offender, a charged offender coming in uh, on bail into their community because they were afraid of him. So we want we want uh, judges, justice of peace, to take that into account. And the whole of this sends a message to to crowns, to justices uh, of the peace, and to judges that we want them to, to jump through certain hoops in exercising their discretion in order, in order to send the message that uh, we need to deal with, with these kinds of, of, of cases with a great deal of rigor. Was this a fine line to walk there, Minister Lametti? Because as you pointed out, you know, an offender has the right uh, not to be denied reasonable bail without cause, but at the same time addressing these public safety concerns was, was becoming very important. It's very much a balance. We we obviously uh, 
want to stay within the boundaries of the Charter. The Charter is one of our fundamental uh, guiding documents, as it should be. Uh, and and certainly I, I for one, as, uh, as an Attorney General, have sworn an oath to protect that Charter. So, so I, I do believe we have, we have maintained that balance here. But we also have the question of, of over-representation of, of uh, Indigenous and Black and other racialized Canadians in, in the criminal justice system. I have taken measures as Minister of Justice to try to address that that quite shameful uh, set of, uh, of of facts in Canada, and and what we are hoping here is that we haven't by by remaining targeted by remaining focused on certain kinds of violent repeat offenses, weapons offenses, we won't upend our our quest to make uh, to to eliminate those forms of, of systemic racism from the system as well. So there are a number of different balances here. We're trying to be sensitive uh, to all of them. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we, we can attack a single problem without creating uh, too many waves elsewhere. Okay, so how soon will this come into effect then? What is the process going to be? Well, it's, it, I tabled the bill uh, yesterday in the House of Commons. I, I'm hoping that uh, if provinces come out uh, quickly in support and, and, and Premier Eby and, uh, and uh, Attorney General Sharma have both indicated publicly their support for this legislation yesterday. Um, it's also true for the government of Ontario. It's also true for the police associations across Canada who've come out in support. Uh, we're hoping that, that that kind of support will, will create the momentum for a unanimous, unanimous consent motion in the House of Commons. Hopefully we get it through there quickly and then the Senate and, and hopefully then it becomes law very quickly. Um, if it gets bogged down because of the Conservatives uh, in Parliament, then we're going to have, uh, it's going to take a bit longer. Okay. Would you say, though, that once done, then this now puts the ball in the province's court? Do you feel it gives the provinces the tools to deal with these issues that they have been raising with you? Well, it does with respect to the criminal code. And and they have committed uh, to, to looking for ways to improve the administration of the bail system. BC's already taken measures, uh, Ontario's taken measures, Manitoba has now taken measures. So the provinces are, uh, you know, are working with us on this. My colleague Marco Mendicino has, has announced uh, last week uh, greater investments in, in uh, the Guns and Gangs program, which was fairly popular with the provinces um, in terms of funding support for those kinds of anti, anti-gang initiatives, anti-gun initiatives. And... Um, uh, he's also invested in community safety. So, again, this is a complex problem. It requires the, the federal government to work with the provinces and, and to some extent with municipalities to make communities safer, uh, attack mental health problems, attack housing problems that all are interrelated here. And so it's, it's, an, it's a whole-of-government approach with, with other governments, uh, and we're hoping to do that. I think we've got a good working relationship with B.C. and other provinces Hopefully we'll get there. Minister Lametti, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, Simi.